Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You know, at the end of the day, football is football. All Patriots, all, all time. Ooh, that's spicy. All Patriots, all What's going on, Foxborough football fans? This is Kyrie Thompson, and you're listening to yet another episode of First and Foxborough. Make sure that you are downloading, subscribing, listening to this daily podcast on the Odyssey app, which is free, by the way. Listen on the app and wherever you get your podcast, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff. Today is cut down day across the NFL, so you're definitely going to be refreshing your browser just like I am looking at who's been cut on the New England Patriots and really everywhere across the league because there's going to be a lot of churn. There's going to be a lot of roster turnover. The Patriots are probably going to be signing some of these guys that that got released from their teams, scouring the wire, seeing how they can make their team better. It's you know both one of the, I don't know, Bill Belichick talked about it earlier on Tuesday morning and he's talked about it a lot over the years just that it's it's a tough day for everyone involved right it's like it's not just this heartless soulless business where people you know, get chopped and I mean some of these guys what might never play NFL football again this might be their last chance to really make it with the team and you know maybe they'll bounce around the NFL and make it on other practice squads but some of these guys that are getting cut today are, are never going to play in an NFL football game, like a regular season football game. So it is a tough day. He's talked about it and just how much it weighs on him and, you know, the, the coaching staff. It's, it's a tough day because everybody involved, right? I mean, there are lives that are affected here, right? It's like, you know, a guy not being able to stick with a team. I mean, that makes, it means that, uh, you know, he can't make his livelihood in football. He's got to rethink his life and get a new career. Maybe he's going to coach and maybe he'll do something completely different, use his college degree. And I mean, yeah, obviously there are worse things in the world than, you know, having had a shot to play NFL football. And, you know, even if it doesn't work out, you still had a chance um, but yeah, it's it's a it's a tough day for some people to have their dreams deferred, so to speak. Anyway, got to move on from that. I'm not going to do anything on cut downs right now because, as it stands, you know, publish this episode and it's going to look entirely different. You know, rosters are probably going to look entirely different by the time this episode drops, and it's going to change throughout the day. So I'm going to do something hopefully with Andy Hart of Weei later today to talk about what the Patriots have done, what the Patriots might do in the coming days to improve the roster. Hopefully that works out. If not, I'll just do something myself. But I wanted to pivot to, to something else that, that I found interesting as I was listening to the radio this morning. So I was tuned into WEEI, um, you're listening into the morning show, the Greg Hill Show, which um, I've been lucky enough to be part of on a couple of occasions and, you know, spend a couple hours in studio with these guys or call into the show. 
Um, so uh, it's it's always fun to kind of listen in and see what everybody's talking about uh, throughout the day. And it's, it's it's an entertaining show with, I mean, a lot of you know. Sometimes there, there are fireworks on there because uh, we got we got some feisty characters and uh, you know a lot of differing opinions, which I mean I think ultimately is is good for conversation. So uh, this morning. Uh, I, I was listening in and I heard uh, Greg Hill, the host of the Greg Hill show, the, the main host of the Greg Hill show, uh, speaking with Chris Curtis, who is uh, one of the, the uh, you know producers of the show and you know is a prominent voice on there. And he's also uh, one of the hosts of the Ken and Curtis show on the weekends on WEEI. And you know, they're you know, mixed in with uh, you know, Courtney Cox and uh, Jermaine Wiggins, you know, Wiggy. Who are you know also hosts on the morning show, but it was, it was mainly like this back and forth between uh, Greg Hill and Chris Curtis about Bill Belichick in particular, and whether or not there is almost some Schadenfreude going on with the media about the Patriots right now, and almost like a wishing Bill Belichick would fail because the media is fed up with the way that they that Belichick speaks to them on a daily basis and the way that he uh I mean usually it's just a he doesn't want to talk about things he very is willfully vague um you know it you know is maybe some kind of competitive advantage in his mind to not give any information even though we can generally all see what's going on uh, but you know, if we know what's going on, but you know, maybe the other teams, you know, haven't seen it on film and they don't know what's going on, maybe that's a competitive advantage. And I mean, the, to be fair, it's not just Belichick that does coach speak. Every single t- every single team does it, right? You know, you don't want to show all your cards. You want to save it for the field. So it's not a uniquely Bill Belichick thing. But yeah, I mean, there are definitely some times when, um, and and I have experienced this being at practice, asking Bill Belichick questions. It doesn't happen all the time, but yeah, if you, uh, you know, say one thing that, you know, he, he doesn't like, or, uh, you know, you come off sounding like, you know, more, or you think you, you, you think, you know, more about a situation involving his football team than he does. Yeah. He has a tendency to uh, get a little short with you. And I think that, this has happened in regards to the offensive play calling and the offensive coaching staff about the, the play calling situation. And you've had people like, you know, Tommy Curran, Phil Perry of NBC Sports Boston, Andrew Callahan of the Boston Herald, try to pin Bill Belichick down on what he is doing with his offensive coaching staff. And not surprisingly, he doesn't want to do that. And he'll, you know, sometimes just be like, well, I don't know. Right. You know, or, or, uh, you know, that like, don't worry about that. And it comes off as kind of short and condescending, probably because it is right. And anytime he says, I don't know to a question, I mean, obviously he knows, he knows everything about this team. He knows everything that he wants to do with this team, how he wants it to look, what his process is, what his plan is, right? They throw around, you know, "Eh, it's a process with the offensive play calling. He knows exactly what he wants this process to be. And I've talked about the fact that I think he's actually revealed a little bit more about this process. If you're paying attention and you know about how he wants this thing to look, but when he, he does that, he says, I don't know. Right. And he kind of shrugs his shoulders. And I mean, you could just say, I don't really want to get into that. You, you could say things like that and, and just do your not answer from there. But the, 
I don't know and the the very just odd non-answers do kind of come off as almost a, a bit insulting to you know some of us media members maybe because it's like okay you're just kind of insulting our intelligence by not wanting to ask this question you could you could not answer it in other ways but i i don't know i i find it odd that there's a situation that that is being discussed here where media members want bill belichick to fail or get some kind of comeuppance because of the way that he that he acts towards them like okay i'm not gonna front like yeah he could he could definitely behave differently but this has worked for him for the last 20 something years and he sees no need to change now why would he right and and i mean i've also seen that in certain settings if it's if he's on weei for example or he's on a radio show, or he's on, uh, he's doing a TV interview. Sometimes he can be a little bit different. Like there, there are ways in which I think he interacts differently with media in certain settings than when he's being asked questions in a press scrum. And every once in a while, even in a press in a press scrum, he'll give you a really good answer and be like, "Wow, that was awesome." But it's funny; it'll usually be about, "Okay, what's the history of the punter?" or like kind of an obscure. Uh, football history thing because he's so into those discussions he likes being able to nerd out about it and obviously it doesn't do anything to reveal things about the football team that he doesn't want anyone to know about and you know the discussions about the offense and you know him just kind of being like this is preseason it's not the regular season we're fine essentially and and not saying Okay, we're gonna, we're panicking now. This isn't looking the way we want it to look. It's got to be better and lighten a fire under people. That's what everybody wants to see, but Belichick sees it differently. And and maybe that that's not to say that those conversations aren't happening behind closed doors. Like, look, we need to be better at this. This is not what I want to see. This is not what I expect. He just doesn't want to say that in front of the media. And it's been like that for whatever twenty years. And there are some people like you know again Tommy Curran of NBC Sports Boston or Greg Bedard of Boston Sports Journal or Jim McBride of the Boston Globe that have been around for so long with this team and know how it works and know that there's just a certain amount that he's not going to tell you and that every once in a while you might be on the receiving end of a Belichick stare down or maybe he's going to condescend to you a little bit. I don't know if he's necessarily doing that to the most veteran reporters, but he'll do it to the younger ones, the ones he doesn't know. He's done it to me before. If I, I, you know, perhaps went on with a question ever so slightly too long, I, I still remember it. It was uh, one of the first outdoor or one of the first training camp practices of last year. Um, one of the first practices that wasn't or one of the first interviews that wasn't a Zoom interview because uh, I'd asked him a couple questions on Zoom interviews. But, you know, the first time he sees me in person, I think there was really an element of, well, I haven't seen you before, so I'm going to kind of put you in your place a little bit. I, I really do think that was a little bit the case. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he wasn't thinking about me at all. But again, I think it was this idea of don't try to act like you know anything about my football team that I don't. And I, that wasn't necessarily my intention, but sometimes he seizes on words and spits a certain thing back at you to kind of let you know, hey, I don't like the way that your that your tone's moving here, and you know, remember your place, sort of thing. But I, 
I would never go into a season or go into, I guess, evaluating this team thinking, oh, yeah, I mean, I would love to see Bill Belichick and the Patriots go, what, 6-11, and 11, just so that, oh, yeah, that'll show you to be, you know, mean to the media, right? Or, or like, well, that'll show you to think that, you know, your way is always best. And, and to essentially, I don't know. The thing that gets me about watching the media coverage unfold about the team is that, in particular this year, it, it's a very strange year, and the strategy about it is very odd. Going with Matt Patricia and Joe Judge kind of as prominent offensive coaches and Matt Patricia being essentially your de facto offensive coordinator and not naming a defensive coordinator either, though I think their structure is a little bit more set, I guess, and they know how that system works. Again, you know, changing the offense and not being clear about how much of it has changed and what they're doing with it, though, I mean, I guess I could understand from a strategic standpoint why you wouldn't want to do that. But I, I feel like the thing that I'm noticing is that Bill Belichick has always been willing to do whatever it takes to win the next game. And sometimes that involves going into a season like he does weird stuff like like this is this is an odd, unconventional move for most teams to make your offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach guys that have never done that at the NFL level before or, or really haven't been on the offensive side of the football in a while or like that's not their calling card. I think it is important to note, as many people have said, look, I mean, for example, Josh McDaniels. He started off as a defensive assistant when he was with the Patriots. And then within two years, he's the off, he's the, the quarterback's coach and offensive coordinator. So this, this isn't like it's he's never done this before. And I mean, that worked out fine. Though, again, I think people, what they, people want to see more normalcy. I think that's what I'm realizing. People want to see something that's more normal, something that's more conventional, something that makes sense to them in the immediate and bill belichick doesn't care what makes sense to us he does not care what makes sense to the media to the fandom to, to any of it he's thinking about what makes sense for him and what he thinks makes sense for the football team the way that he sees it and ultimately his opinion is the only one that really matters because he's running the whole thing he's the general manager and the head coach right he makes all the decisions he has all that in his hand so ultimately it's his vision and the way that his that he wants it to work and as much as people will say, oh, yeah, it's clearly, uh, you know, these last couple of years prove it was all Brady and Belichick was just a passenger for this whole thing. That's not true. I really just I, I don't like the way that we try to black and white everything. Right. If if one if one person was great at this and the fact that Tom Brady went and won a Super Bowl with another team means that Belichick sucks and this wasn't anything to do with him. It was all Tom Brady. Oh, wow. Having the greatest quarterback of all time on your team is a benefit. That That's great. But you still had to build around him and build a competent roster. And yes, the quarterback covers up for a lot of ills. That's okay. Like that That's football 101. Like, I don't, I don't know what you expect, right? Having a great quarterback allows you to mask other things about your team that aren't great, but you still can't have a trash roster and think you're going to win a Super Bowl six times. They were both part of this. 
Okay, like, I feel like once we all, it, it's like it's like that the, that meme where it's like the moment we all realize that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady were equal partners in creating this dynasty, it will be a utopia on this planet and and a utopia in sports talk. Like I just think it's silly that we try to say, oh yeah, it was Brady or Belichick. It was Brady and Belichick, and anything else, honestly, is ridiculous. It's stupid. I don't want to hear it. And okay, there we go. Soapbox done. I felt my blood pressure rising a little bit, even talking about that. But I think my main thing is is just this. We are trying to impose a certain level of order and expectation on Bill Belichick that he never cares about meeting. Because as long as the football team does what he wants it to do in the end, who cares how it looks? And he said this, you know, September is an extension of the preseason. To him, it's like, who cares what it looks like for the first couple of weeks? Like, yeah, we don't want it to be horrible, right? And they don't want to start off one and four or, or something. They don't want to start off one and three and then, you know, two and four, which is what they did last year. Of course, they don't want to do that. And they're not going to be happy about doing that. But if it gets to the point where, okay, they're, they're eventually seven and four and they're in a position to compete for a division, which is very often what ends up happening with them. It's what happened last year with a rookie quarterback. Then in the end, that's, that's fine. And they will, they will live with that. Belichick will be fine with that. And he is going to feel justified in his ability to get the most out of his coaching staff. And he's going to feel justified in his choice to do whatever he does with his coaching staff and whatever he does with his players. And ultimately, at that point, the media can be, you know, can can think about it as weird, like that it's as weird. And in the end, the media and the fans, whatever, can think whatever they want to think about it. Maybe I'm just too new to this and I haven't been around as much and, and had it great on me quite as much over the years as some of these older guys have. And, you know, perhaps I'm more comfortable with questioning him to his face and, and being, um, you know, kind of rankled by years and years of this kind of treatment. I can imagine that, that if I were to be a part of that, which I won't, because I think Belichick will probably retire within the next five years, maybe I would feel a certain kind of way about it. You know, we'll, we'll see, depending on how long I'm in this business, right? If, I, if I'm doing it for 20-something years and, and, and I go through that, maybe I will feel a, a certain kind of way. But I think that while I'm perfectly comfortable with writing, you know, being critical of this approach and calling out what I see that is is bad, right? I mean, if it's good, it's good. If it's bad, it's bad. That's what I'm going to tell you, right? And, and you know, Bill Belichick, if he makes a bad decision, you know, I, I think so on, on fourth down with, you know, not going for it when he should, or, you know, if I think the coaching staff doesn't make certain adjustments during the game, I'm going to say so because that's the job, okay? It's not, you know, for example, <laughs> almost to use Belichickian terms, it's not my job to make you feel good about the football team. It's my job to tell you what the football team is doing and if it's good or bad. Right. Because in the end, do you want to have your expectations of, you know, oh, yeah, if, if the team is is bad when, you know, if I've been telling you that it's going to be good and everything's going to be great, you're not going to think I'm credible. OK, you're not going to think I'm doing a good job and your expectations are going to be subverted. OK, on the other hand, if I'm wrong about this team being what, nine and eight, not making the playoffs, if they do make the playoffs or if they don't make the playoffs, I mean, it, it is it is what it is. OK, but. I think that when it comes down to 
where this team lands, there's some people who think it's going to be great because it's Bill Belichick and Bill we trust, and they're going to make the playoffs and win the division, and they're going to be Super Bowl contenders. People really want to convince themselves this is a Super Bowl contending roster, and it's it's not. Like, I'm sorry. It, it just isn't. At the same time, I got people telling me, oh, yeah, they're going to win seven games at best. I don't see that either. Like, there are so many teams in the NFL every year that don't have – the, the level of just NFL caliber players across the board that the Patriots do. This is just a baseline, like the makings of a solid football team. Okay. It might not be a Super Bowl winning roster, but it doesn't mean that they're going to suck, I guess. Um, but I mean, we'll, we'll see how it turns out. But I think like there, there's a lot of stuff that's going into this. And I'm, I'm kind of just uh, laying a, a bunch of things out about what it's like to cover the team and, what it's like to be in the room with Bill Belichick and be in the room with all these reporters day in and day out. And I think just, I don't know. I feel like for me, I don't, I, I've begun to see what it's like to be around Bill Belichick and, and have that sort of dour demeanor and that desire to keep the media in the dark and almost to say, Hey, look, you know, you, you might think you, you know, some stuff because you watched football for all this time, but I, but I run this, like, this is what I do. This is my job. And you don't get to tell me how to do it. You don't get to tell me what's good or bad. And I feel like, yeah, sometimes that the relationship with the media here is more difficult perhaps than, than it is in other places though. I feel like, at least we we get we got to like tweet during practice about what happens. It's not like the Chicago Bears, who I think are being incredibly secretive. Um, and and I feel like honestly, my my experience of covering the Chicago Bears back in training camp in 2016, I think I've had better experiences working here with the New England Patriots than I did there. And some of the people that I know that cover the Chicago Bears right now, I, I, that doesn't sound like a fun situation to me. Um, so I would even say that just the little bit that I've done for other teams and other places, I mean, the new England Patriots haven't done a half bad job in terms of media access, even if you got to put up with some of the weird stuff along the way. But look, I just think that the idea of hating Bill Belichick and wanting him to fail because he's not nice to the media, like if that's actually a thing to me, that's corny. I, I just, I don't, I don't get into that. I'm here to look at the football and tell you what the football is, if it's good or bad. And honestly, I can do that whether Bill Belichick is nice or not, whether he gives you answers in press conferences or not. Because in the end, I feel like more often than not, he shows you what he thinks about this football team on the field. And that's why I've been adamant about Matt Patricia is going to be calling the plays. And I've been saying it for months and people are saying, Oh, is is a play calling competition. And it was because they sprinkled in some Joe judge and some bill Belichick during practice or preseason games. And like, we still don't have any clarity on it. Like, yeah, I think we actually do because he's actually showed us what, what it is on the football field. They've been pretty unambiguous about that in practice. So to me, I feel like, yeah, it would be great if if he were clear and concise about what is going on in in his press conferences and and again, not doing that keeps 
people in the dark who aren't there at practice every day and, and don't see it reported. And I understand that. And that's part of why I think people really wanted to see, want to see action in these preseason games, because you can see it and judge for yourself, right? It's like, if you're, if you're a fan who can't buy a ticket to every training camp practice, then this is, might be one of your only chances to, to actually judge it for yourself is what you can see on TV. Though, of course, they're not going to show you everything. You're going to see the skeleton, the outline, but they're not going to show you all the plays they actually run. You'll get a taste. Or as Mac Jones and, and Bill Belichick and others have have hinted, yeah, the offensive line looks bad and, and the offense looks bad, but sometimes they're not even approaching us the way they would approach it in a game. They're not giving Mac Jones the freedom to check in and out of plays. They're just saying, look, just run this and we'll see how it looks on film and we'll make our adjustments, but we got to see how this play looks. So in, in an actual regular season game situation, they'll probably approach it differently. And Mac Jones will have freedom to audible and check in and out of plays. They're just not doing that right now. So the, the thing is like, yes, everybody gets to to judge it when you see the preseason games on TV, but they're not even giving you the complete picture. And you have to take that with a grain of salt. So yes, it, it's all about obfuscation and competitive advantage of, I don't want to show you things. That's why they they love joint practices, especially when you don't play that team in the regular season, because then that that's a situation where, okay, I can open things up a little bit and I can do things in, in these joint practices that I I'm not going to do in the games or I'm not going to show you in preseason. And yeah, it kind of sucks from a fan perspective. If you can't see that, right. I, I completely understand. And that's where my job and the job of other people in the media is to give you as much context as we can about what you're seeing and, and to give that information as best we can. And sometimes you're not always going to like what you hear. Sometimes it's going to sound like it sucks because it sucked. Okay. I don't know. Like, uh, that's what I'm going to tell you. Sometimes there's going to be good plays. And I feel like I try to provide that context. That, yeah. Some of it was bad, but some of it's a sign of growth. It's not always going to be doom and gloom. So I think that I'm just trying to go about this job as best I can every day, regardless of what Bill Belichick says or doesn't say, whether he's cordial with the media or not, whatever players are made available and what they say, because they also take on that personality of, I mean, our coach doesn't talk to the media. We've been told we're not going to give you anything either. But at the same time, if you know what you're looking for, I feel like the Patriots do a good enough job of showing you what's what the deal is on the field that you know, and, and what they're looking at, what they value, that you can glean things from that. And unfortunately, yeah, the fans aren't always going to see the behind the scene things. And the media is not always going to know what's going on either, because in the end, that dis- those decisions with the roster, with the playbook and all that, that's up to Bill Belichick and his coaching staff and Robert Kraft and, and, and everybody that's in the building. But as much as we are able to know, we will tell you and we'll do it to the best of our ability. And honestly, through my experience, I feel like that's been enough for me, though. It would be great if every once in a while, Bill Belichick didn't try to act like he you know, doesn't doesn't know something or try to clown you just to clown you. So, I mean, I can definitely see both sides of that, but I will say that it has been a privilege to 
do this job every day to get to go down and have the media access, see the football that is being played, um, you know, and to be able to relay this to all of you and to have the opportunity to host the first in Foxborough podcast, which again, you can download, subscribe and listen to on the free Odyssey app and wherever you get your podcasts. And for you to follow me at Katie Thompson five and follow the show account at first in Foxborough F O X B O R O on Twitter. Once again, I will hope to be back with you after cutdowns happen and break it all down, break down the 53-man roster with you, either by myself or with WEEI's Andrew Hart. It'll be an evolving picture throughout the next couple of days. We'll see how it goes. See you later. <laughs>